We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. We've made it to double digits, week 10 NFL pick six show. Myself, Dean Shabelson, Rich Rebar, Sharp Football Analysis, John Daigle, four for four. Let's do it. Let's uh, break down to week 10 slate. Another 10 gamer, some really good teams on by. No Miami, no Philly, no Rams, no KC. Another game, I believe another game in Germany uh, is uh, Indianapolis and the Patriots. Uh, so, yeah, just a 10 gamer this week. Rebar, Rich, welcome, uh, welcome to the show. No football talk pre-show. I like to keep it organic. We're just talking TV shows. I guess that also shows that it's week 10. That's how that goes down sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Listen, we got a lot of shows to, to, to catch up on. Uh, the only thing I'm current on is is Loki. That's the only show I'm currently like uh, caught up on. Oh, yeah. You uh, you have to backload everything because you're just way too busy with football content. Yeah, there's just no time. I barely can watch the movies we pick every week. I usually watch them on Wednesdays uh, after I do the last worksheet games. I try to get it in before we do this. So I've I've watched the movie today. Yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, bad words later on the show. Backload. We'll be back below this at the end. If you guys don't want to hear any nonsense outside of football, we give you an hour, hour and a half sometimes of football content at the end. We talk movies and uh, bad words. We'll talk. We'll be talking bad words later on in the show. 
How about yourself, John? I'm just going to throw it out there. The best current TV show like that's still in production right now. And let us know, not just in the chat, but in the comment section, too. We never get really any comments. Throw it in the comment section. A lot of chat stuff. Appreciate y'all watching us live. Do hit that like button. Do subscribe. Turn on those notifications. Do all those things that help us keep the lights on. John, the best current show uh, in production now is The Bear. That's it. That's the answer. That is a great answer. And fortunately, that came on during the offseason. So I got yeah. to watch it live. But I didn't see any of season two live because I wasn't it airing during football season last year? I don't remember. The Bear? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think so, right? Maybe. maybe I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I can't remember. The point is that if it happens during football season, I don't see it. I, I keep it all on the back burner. Uh, we got the succession final season during the off season though. So that was okay. But yeah, I, mm. everything stays on the back burner till the off season. Yeah. It's quick, by the way, it's only like eight or 10 episodes. The most are like a half hour or so a couple, a little bit longer, but it's not very season, hard to get caught up. Season two, episode seven. I cried. I literally cried. Cause it's, uh, one of the most beautiful character arcs I've seen in probably the last decade in television. Is that was that no the spoilers. fourth episode? No, no, I'm trying to remember which episode that was. But uh, the, oh. well, I call it I call it the Ever episode because that's the restaurant it happened at in Chicago. Uh, but it is the Forks episode. Yes, there mm -hmm. you go. All right, yeah. The episode just, uh, after your heart breaks because that's the family traumatic dinner episode. So you got those back to back, which is still crazy. Christmas episode. Rich, you have anything yeah. else to throw in there? You're just that way. Uh, you know, you're not really up on it because you're too busy, uh, you know, grinding. All no, the, the bear. I'm, 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 I watch the bear, man. We're good. Uh, things. Oh, like current though. Like, yeah, I mean, right now. Yeah. There's a new season yeah. coming, up, new coming up. Yeah. Succession's gone. Uh, I did watch the first episode of Invincible season two, though. I, I should say too. I did watch that. People like that. Yeah. The cartoon on uh, Amazon prime, an adult cartoon. Uh, I, you know what it is? We're not diving in the week 10. It's my fault because uh, Michael in chat's telling us he's got bad words for this slate. Tying in our movie, we'll be talking about that. Later was me on. last week. Last week, I didn't love the slate, and uh, I really didn't play a lot. Uh, and then I ended up still playing like Texan stacks. We talked about those, and it was fine. But I didn't play a lot. I actually like this slate a lot. So I guess it's always eye of the beholder for the, these things. I, I, I can't. I started this slate, and I was like, "How am I going to get down to a quarterback? Like, how am I going to find a core here? Because I want to play five, six different quarterbacks. I think yeah, awesome I spot. think I'm in the same boat." All right, we're going to focus on three main games on the main slates. I believe we picked the uh, – well, John picks them. I believe we have the three highest totals as well. Four team totals, four game totals at 38.5. Four, 40% of the slate with 38.5. At least that's what it was earlier today, give or take a half a point probably at this point. Uh, but number one, we're leading off here with Texas. Uh, the Texans at Cincinnati, two teams on the rise. Uh, John Stroud, man, oh, man, it's outrageous. And we all thought – I think a lot of people thought that Carolina kind of goofed up and good for Carolina for a week. They got to be happy that like young beat Stroud, but they're no longer happy. I imagine down there in Carolina, uh, selecting Stroud over um, yeah, selecting young over Stroud is looking pretty poorly. Uh, and speaking of quarterbacks, Cincinnati's quarterbacks looking pretty good these days as well. Uh, seven point favorite as far as the Bengals at home versus Houston, John open up where you want to open up. Feel free to take Houston or Cincy. I will take the Burrow side first since we've talked a lot about Stroud. Uh, I'll leave that to Reeves. But with the last I'll talk two about what I want, 
Okay, you can talk. <laughs> no, you could also talk about the Bengals when I kick it to you. That's fine too. <laughs> uh, but we have seen Burrow come back strong over the last two weeks, and I think that's been impressive. In these last two games since they returned from their bye, clearly no injuries because he leads the league in completion rate under pressure, 77% of his passes for 10 yards per attempt. He's been so damn good when getting pressured. Uh, it's also a, a weird spot here. This game, I've actually had I've had trouble putting my finger on it because we also see it's only Wednesday, but the Texans' injury report right now they are just clustered up everywhere. They're getting a couple important offensive linemen back for this one, but everything else, especially on defense, they are just getting hammered right now. So I also have questions about what they can do to respond to Burrow here. But yeah, uh, we've obviously seen Burrow at full health right now, and so we just think that this game is going to get pushed back. I, I talked about this one. I started with it in our email just because I knew everyone wanted to hear us talk about the Bengals, the Texans, it's kind of the, the flavor of the week right now. But yeah, I, I'm genuinely just kind of confused about this one and still trying to put my finger exactly on how I want to play it. Because, well, I said I'd leave it to Reeves, but I guess I'll take it really a little bit of it really <laughs> quick anyways. Do it. Uh, the Bengals' defense is so odd, and they haven't really been tested like a lot of teams. We show up, we talk about defenses and say the quarterbacks they've played when like there are only 10 to 12 quarterbacks we respect right now, if that in the league so no one's really played anyone but it's just so strange because the Bengals are still like a, a bottom five defense in terms of allowing explosive runs and passes through the air but no one's throwing touchdowns on them that's the that's the strange part about this like they've picked off a quarterback in seven consecutive games now but even like with allowing big plays, no one's getting there through the air. Josh Allen scored over 20 fantasy points, but he only got there because of the rushing touchdown. Since actually uh, Lou Anarumo, they held him to 250 and they played him quite well. So it's just a confusing one for me, honestly. I'm all over the place with this one. Rich, say what you want to say. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm probably not going to chase the Stroud stuff. I double dipped the, the two weeks in a row, right? Uh, so I feel like last week getting back out was good. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's a big Lou, man. Uh, you know, the, the rookie stuff, uh, you know, CJ Stroud. And rookie rules haven't applied to CJ Stroud. So, like, maybe this is just another one that won't. But, I mean, he's since he's been at the Bengals, the Bengals have faced six rookie quarterbacks. Uh, they've completed 57% of their passes, 7.3 yards per mm. pass attempt, three total passing touchdowns in, in those games. And like, we got guys like Trevor Lawrence, Tua Tagovailoa, Kyler Murray. Like, it's not just like, you know, the, they were in the AFC North and he faced like Charlie Fry or some shit, you know, like it's, it's <laughs> like guys with some pedigree. Um, and, and the Texans haven't been quite as good on the road. They did have one hot game against the Jaguars, but they're, they haven't been they haven't really traveled well. Uh, some of their, their their eggs a couple weeks ago against the Panthers. I will say though, gold star for Bobby Slowick. We'll see if we'll see what sticks with Bobby Slowick because for for one time, and they tried the first quarter. They were like every first down, they're like, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna hand it to Devin Singletary, and it's for first first four first downs. He had he had four carries for minus one yard, and they finally were like, you know what? Maybe we should throw the ball on early downs. And Stroud was 16 of 19 on first downs that game, uh, four touchdowns on, on first down passes. Uh, prior to that, they were dead last in the NFL in first down passing rate. So, like, we got it, like it, our wish for one game at least. Uh, we'll see if it sticks. Hopefully he wants to be aggressive. I do have some big uh, big respect for Big Lou, though. Uh, mm. and the Bengals, Bengals have won 19 games in a row where they've led at halftime. I mean, he's just like the master of the second half adjustment. So with some respect for Lou and, and, and Daigle talked about it, 
there's a lot of quarterbacks I like on this slate. So I actually think I'm going to let Stroud, you know, kind of go away this week. So uh, early optimals, Wednesday night optimals, the most popular player uh, quarterback landing in my DK lineups right now is Joe Burrow. The most popular running back landing in my DK lineups right now, <clears throat> it's Joe Mixon. The most popular receiver hitting my DK lineups right now is Jamar Chase, just barely edging out Tank Dell. 37% Chase, 36% Dell. That's a lot of Bengals. Of course, the Bengals look really, really good as far as the slate. Chase, I guess, monitor it, but uh, what he has soreness. What's the official term? What do we have here, John, as far as Chase? I know he was uh, hurt a little bit last week, and he, I think I said he's still sore, but I'm assuming he'll be fine. We'll see. It's just Wednesday night. Nothing to panic about. Um, you, you like Dell if he's going to be chalky, John? I don't know about chalky, but we've seen now in five full games, he's finished. He has led everyone, Nico Collins included, in target share, 20% of CJ Stroud's targets. I don't know about I don't know about chalky, but yeah, I'd still I think I like Dell just because they're not moving his salary. They're getting a little more aggressive with Nico Collins, but they're really not budging him much. And on the field this year, when when Tank Dell's been on the field, mm-hmm. he's been he's had 25% of the team targets. When Nico Collins and Tank Dell have been on the field together, Nico Collins only has 16% of the team targets. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nico Collins also is one of the highest inaccurate target rates, too, because the types of targets he gets in the NFL. But Nico's given us those two big spike weeks. But outside of that, he really has kind of been outplayed by Tank Dell in, in the majority of times they've been on the field together. I mean, you kind of like that for tournaments, obviously, the spike stuff. You know, if you're going to mm-hmm. you want to get those yeah, yeah, yeah. games. Uh, I thought so it was going to cook because he was the guy I stacked most with Stroud last week. You know, he caught the first touchdown. I was like, here we go. And, you know, God bless everyone that got to Noah Brown, man. Like, I didn't, uh, you know, but what, what a call that was. Uh, you know, he I had, had a long some. Touchdown, but, like, yeah, what a, what a dynamo that play that ended up being. <laughs> I feel like, do you not want to play him? They bumped him all the way up to 3-7 now on DK. Is that – are we not interested at all? No, we no. I mean, dude, he had a, I mean, he had a, it was a career high, 153 yards. He had a 75 came on the one catch and run. Like, I'm not going to chase that, man. I didn't, I didn't get there in one offs, but in the couple of Stroud's decks I had, yeah, I, I did have Noah and Nico just as a pivot off of Tank Dale. So it still didn't get there because you needed Dale. You needed triples last week with Houston. That's, that's what took stuff. Oh, down you needed you, you needed Dalton. triples with Otten and White coming back. You needed the full game, <laughs> the, all, yeah. the whole onslaught. I mean, that game, yeah. that game was super fun. Uh, when and some of those games ended up being really fun last week. That one in particular ended up being a blast. Yeah. And we had a position player kick a field goal. There's a lot. That game had, had a lot, man. <laughs> it had a lot going for it. We're seeing uh, a lot more of that and in tighter fields, by the way. Like in the Millie Maker and the play action, yep. like the nine dollar one, you can you still have to get a little weird and go for those like one percent riches kid plays where Jameson Crowder, he was a week early to be fair. But in shorter fields, it really has come down to onslaughting the correct yep. game and just that's getting exposure way, everywhere. Yeah. And uh that's that's what took it down last week was literally just Texans three receivers and Otten and White. I mean, Rich, the Bengals seen... gave us that new wrinkle, man, on Sunday because, I mean, the, the Bengals hadn't thrown a, thrown a pass to their tight ends like all year. I mean, they <laughs> their their tight ends had an eleven percent target rate coming into Sunday night, and they were like, you know what, we're gonna do, we're gonna dust all of them off, dude. I had a buddy, <laughs> shout out to my buddy uh, Scotty who Daigle met. Uh, he had like a big hit during the day, 
And he just threw on for the after the fourth touchdown, he was like, he just took the guy at the lowest odds and he bet a hundred bucks on Drew Sample for next touchdown. It was 700, <laughs> seven and hit it. I was like, dude, you got to be kidding me. Like, what the hell is that? But uh, I mean, Herb Smith, Tanner Hudson, and Drew Sample, they incorporated the tight ends now. It's like they're, they're kind of firing on all cylinders because now everything's open for them. I mean, you look at since Burrow has come out of the bye, they've been under center 20% of the time. And you say, well, They've only been that's only 20% of the plays. It was 4% prior when he had the calf injury or was leaning on the you know the calf injury was like a, was hindering their offense. Um and be, because they're able to play under center more now, now that you're seeing them incorporate all the play action stuff. Burroughs used play action on 32% of his dropbacks now the past two weeks. So it was 18% prior. Uh and he's 20 to 24 passing with play action. So like we're like the Bengals have, have been in their bag the past two weeks. This like the offense has opened up for them and they're able to do so many things now. And I didn't picture them incorporating the tight ends really because we haven't seen that yet. I I wonder too. See, when I saw that, I just figured it was a Bills game plan. I thought, okay, they they saw without Matt Milano that this is how they're gonna attack the middle of the field. Uh, but yeah, maybe it does stick around. If we get a popular Joe Mixon, I feel like this show is kind of anti. That never Mixon, goes well. Yeah, I mean, is this is that something we want to gravitate to? Like, this is the you know home favorite, pretty big team total. Like the you know the things you want to check, right? The things you want. He's got it, but uh, it's also Joe Mixon. Um, yeah. Well, what, what's our official Wednesday night stand here, Rich? As far as Joe Mixon, if he's going to be pretty popular. Uh, he's never someone I like when he's popular. I mean, he, the touches are there, man. I mean, he's got, he had another 86% of the backfield touches on Sunday night. He leads the NFL. Now he's 87% of the backfield touches all year. Houston's run D has been really good. They're only allowing 3.3 yards per carry to running backs. What has happened though, is they've, they've allowed a bunch of rushing touchdowns and it's just so crazy. You know, I was talking to my son about this on Sunday, like just how many plays end up in the NFL. Actually, there's 99, uh, hundred yards in the football field but how many plays just get run from the one yard line, right? Like you think like Rashad white, how he got there. Mike Evans catches that long pass and falls down. Like, like just gets touched at the one and it sets up a one yard touchdown run. He set up his other one. He got tackled at the one, but it's just like so crazy. And that's like how Houston's been this year. Like they've been kind of, um, you know, they're, they're good against the run, but they give up all these short rushing touchdowns. They are bad against running backs in the passing game. That's been pretty consistent. They're 25th in the league in receiving points allowed per game. So it does open up some stuff for Mixon in that regard, especially in a site like DraftKings, where his price is a lot more palatable. Um, but I'm never, he's never a guy like I'm like in love with him and Josh Jacobs, whenever they're really popular, like I'm always just like, Hmm, I don't know, man. Don't that, know uh, that's what was cool about the Austin Eckler touchdown was that, he basically scored three touchdowns. Brandon Staley just kept giving him back because he understood he got him down there and just kept shoving it in his belly. Do we, it's early in the week here, Rich. Do we have the official uh, random player your son likes on a Wednesday I know. night? I know it yeah, makes I it go know. off the board. I'll have to ask him. I mean, he, it has to wait till he goes to the toilet on Sunday morning and just finds <laughs> one. That's 3K. Yeah. John, do you have anything as far as mixing or anything else as far as this game? Oh, we're going to wait on the receivers here because we haven't seen a game without Jamar Chase this year. But last year, without Chase, T. Higgins did average an increased 26% target share. He averaged 92 receiving yards and six and a half catches in those games. So he basically popped whenever Chase was off the field as an alpha. We did see that one start in week five whenever Higgins was out. Tyler Boyd was still used in three wide sets. And again, it was a different, it was an entirely different borough, but it was Trenton Irwin who actually had success with Higgins off the field this year. So uh, Irwin may be a little sneaky here since in that game, he had 10 targets, 
22% target share. Chase just dominated targets in that one with 43%. So I think that's where I'm at right now is T. Higgins if Chase is out uh, and then maybe sneak a little Trenton Irwin in my life if I'm trying to skinny stack this game. Trenton Irwin, there it is. That, there's the <laughs> Yeah, that's only if Chase is out. You, you, you did say that, right? I'm pretty sure you said oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, do, we don't need to go to Trenton Irwin if Chase plays. Don't worry about that part. I did play him on showdown. I think he, I think he offered on the showdown, but that's how it goes sometimes, I suppose. I'm pretty sure I had that perfect lineup, except I had uh, Irwin instead of a uh, Drew, uh, whatever his name. Drew, Drew Sample. Sample, yeah, yeah, Can't that was it. that's what it came down to, and yeah, one of those tight ends, and you know, what, what are you gonna do? It was only Sample's second career touchdown. Like, <laughs> uh, Rich, got anything else as far as this game, or shall we move on? Uh, no, yeah, I said we'll just wait, wait and see like what happens with Chase like throughout the throughout the week on that stuff. I don't. Been, I don't think okay. we want to play Singletary. Uh, no, I, God, no. I, I would, that that would put me even more on Stroud. That's what he steered me on Friday, even more to Stroud yeah. stacks was when Singletary opened up. I was like, "Well, dude, if anyone's playing Devin Singletary, like, yeah. please let, let me get some more CJ Stroud." He is still cheap though, and it's a much better spot. I mean, I don't blame. Like, I don't think it's the a matchup maybe helps him out. It really is a Texans running problem. That's yeah, why they can't run, man. Yeah, they're, they're bottom three in yards before contact, which is both a play calling and an offensive line stat, not a running back stat. But the Bengals have allowed the highest rate of explosive runs this year, so at least like objectively a better spot for Singletary. And that's only if Pierce doesn't go, I assume. We're not sure about right. Pierce just yet. And Pierce uh, was DMP on Wednesday, but again, just Wednesday. Uh, do you want to shout out the, the winner in our listener league last week? Uh Dino UCLA. There might be some numbers next to it, or is that uh, notes that I have taken? I can't quite tell, but I think it's Dino UCLA. Shout out to who put up like a 213, put up a monster number. Uh, hopefully, you threw that in other contests as well. Uh, do hit me up on Twitter or let us know in the comments. Uh, I am at DFS underscore Almanac, or just make it much easier. Just go ahead and put it in the comment section. Show yourself so you can get yourself one month free, one month free of Rotor Grinders Premium. It's not just for football, but it's for all the sports football, baseball, basketball. There's uh, an exception in NASCAR, but everything, everything, everything else is good to go. Optimizer, you know, ownership stuff, everything you can have at it for a month. If you want to join the listener league this week, producer Steve will pin it to the YouTube. We'll go ahead and drop it in chat as well. Uh, and as far as amongst us, uh, producer producer Rob put up the biggest score, so he'll join the show later on in the sign us all movie to watch, and we'll talk about it. I like next Rob week. Wins. Yeah, I. I I told him I was talking to him in DMs today. I'm like, I don't know how you're going to top trick our treat, but uh, good luck. <laughs> and and he actually responded. I can, he responded with, I, and I think he was just kidding. I'm I'm hopeful he was just kidding, but he responded with a movie called uh, Satan versus Jaws. No, no, yeah, no, no. It's called Shark that Exorcist. Like a Rob, that sounds like a Rob movie. <laughs> Shark Exorcist, which uh, I don't know if Ian Ziering was in that or not, but there's like a 50-50 shot, I suppose. Okay. The second movie on the movie, second game on the board, San Francisco versus Jacksonville. Jacksonville's at home. San Fran making the trip out east. 45 and a half is the total. Rich, I'll let you start with this one. You know, this game is funny. Like, uh, I know these teams have played before, but I can't, like, for some reason, envision any Jaguars versus 49ers game like that's ever happened in, like, the history of the NFL. I know that they've happened. But I yeah. just can't picture them. I can't picture like these two teams playing. Uh, maybe like CJ Beathard like started one of these games uh, or something. But this is, uh, what's that? 
Beat hard. In a, yeah, beat yeah. hard. Yeah, but the, yeah, this is a fun game. But both teams coming off a bye. The 49ers is interesting because, like, you know, America cannot be trusted with Brock Purdy discourse, uh, you know, <laughs> at this point. But the four, it's just been turnovers, right? Like, it's just like the, the turnover variants caught up to him. You know, he's always been a big vibes quarterback. He's gotten away with some stuff. And, you know, the, the Aaron Paul meme, but, you know, it did it kind of came calling for him. But I mean, Purdy's still been like really good in these past two games, like from a top down perspective. He's completed over 70% of his passes. Uh, in both games, 9.1 yards for a pass attempt, 11.8 yards for a pass attempt in those games. Last game even ran for a career-high 57 rushing yards. Um, the Jaguars are a team that kind of rely on getting turnovers defensively, so it'll be interesting to see if they can get them here or if like Purdy's kind of corrected that stuff. Um, but they're 25th in the league in terms of pressure rate, the Jaguars are. Purdy, again, when he hasn't been pressured the past two weeks, has been awesome. 30 of 39 passing, 11.7 yards for pass attempt when he hasn't been pressured uh, for the season. Now he leads the NFL in completion rate when he hasn't been pressured, leads the league in yards for pass attempt when he hasn't been pressured. Uh, so if the Jaguars don't get home, it's going to be another spot to where, like, you know, Purdy's going to be efficient if he protects the football. Uh, we're going to get Debo Samuel back for the basically the first time, like, healthy probably since, like, week three. He did play a couple games in between then, but, like, really kind of was banged up. Uh, he played one of those games against the Cardinals, didn't even get a target. It was like the only time in his career, like he didn't even like have a target receiving. Uh, so it's be interesting to see how this offense, you know, kind of fits back together. Uh, Brandon, you, he's been awesome with or without Debo on the field. So I don't think it really impacts him that much, probably more so for Kittle. And where Jacksonville has kind of struggled the most is defending those outside wide receivers. 31st in the league in receiving yards. Uh, both these teams actually are bad against outside wide receivers. So 31st in the league, the Jaguars are against boundary wide receivers. Uh, 9.6 catches per game against the Jaguars. That's 29th in the NFL, 30th in touchdown rate allowed. So, I mean, immediately I want to go back to Brandon Ayuk here uh, kind of in that spot. And, you know, of course, you can always play McCaffrey. McCaffrey 6'2 on DK, Ayuk 7'1, Samuel is 6'2, uh, Kittle uh, 6'1, which seems kind of kind of expensive. That feels kind of expensive to me, but he's also one of those guys that. Yeah, and he's like literally Kittle stuff, and it's been two years running now. Like if one of these guys is out, Kittle is the guy. Like mm-hmm. he he gets like a bump. Uh, but then when one of these guys play, uh, so he's run 72 pass routes this year with both Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel on the field, and only has 11% of the team targets. Uh, and then when either one of these guys is missed, he smashed. Just look at Kittle's game log, and you can see, oh, Debo missed that game. Ayuk missed that game. Debo missed this game. It's it, you, you can just follow it. Except for the Cowboys game where he had the three touchdowns on three catches. Four, four targets, three catches, three <laughs> touchdowns, 67 yards. That's just I mean, I don't like, what, you're, what are you supposed to do with that? How, how can you see that coming? But, yeah, uh, John, what do you have as far as San Fran? Feel free to jump over to Jacksonville as well. Yeah, when you talk about a game where you get excited about the entire environment and may, and think about playing like four to six players, this is kind of the one I come to for all the, all the reasons Reeves mentioned in the 49ers offense. Uh, even when I saw the slate and I saw how cheap Brock Purdy was, I was like, okay, that's definitely someone who will be very high on my list. Well, you can just play all them if you want to. And then on the other side of the ball, like, the for, the Jaguars have been leaning on their running game more since Travis Etienne is, is still top two in touches per game among all running backs. And that's kind of how you attack the 49ers too, is just since they are 20th in explosive rate of runs allowed, they're still le- uh, slightly below league average, 18th allowed yards per carry allowed to opposing running backs. So if we think we're going to get them leaning on Travis Etienne, plus I believe we're going to get Zay Jones back this game, and that throws a little... 
interesting wrinkle into the Jags passing game since he's really only played one full game. That was week one, and he had 21% target share in that one, second to Calvin Ridley. Um, and he's so cheap now, even though he played in two wide sets over Christian Kirk in that one. So there are lots of different ways you can play this one. So that's kind of why I'm on five to six players here. Those prices are pretty good for Jacksonville on DK. 6K for Kirk, 5-6 for Ridley. Uh, Zay is 4K. How much does Zay eat into uh, Ridley and Kirk? And it's, it's that's like you said, Zay was playing in some two wide receiver sets. Do we assume that that continues going forward? Do we think, you know, uh, that's going to shuffle a little bit? Do we think they're going to kind of ease Jones in? What is your read here, John? Uh the thing is, the caveat is that Kirk has been so good that I don't know if they go back to Jones on the outside. Plus, is Jones going to be at full strength? I would think he would, but I would like to see um, some full practices this week before making that call. Even so, we have seen like Christian Kirk is still slightly edging out Calvin Ridley, 21% target share to Ridley's 20.7%. And again, as Reeves was alluded to, uh, the outside is where we attack receivers against the 49ers too. So, whomever we think is going to be in two white sets. I just think the pricing difference is cheap enough. And Zay Jones is so far removed from everyone's brains and tournaments <laughs> that I kind of like, I kind of like tacking him on here, even if that's with Travis Etienne trying to get exposure. You got to read on that rich or we're just guessing basically and how they're going to, you know, rotate in Zay. If uh, Kirk is just kind of like won the job in the absence of Zay, or it's just, we're just going to kind of make our best educated guess. I mean, we know that the way they use Zay Jones, though, like, I mean, they use him on the vertical stuff and they use him heavily in the red zone. I mean, he mm -hmm. was one of the most high, tar highly targeted uh, players in terms of route run in the red zone before his injury. Uh, he did play a second full game, too, against the Chiefs. That's where he had two touchdowns and should have should have had two touchdowns and, and left him on the field. Oh, I thought he got injured in that one. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he he basically played like the whole game, though. Yeah. Uh, but uh he should have had two touchdowns in that game, but they they love Zay Jones in the red zone. Like he has a clear role there. It's the reverse Evan Ingram. Like they love Evan Ingram everywhere except for the red <laughs> zone. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I'm curious to see what happens if Zay Jones comes back if we see Ridley, his role kind of change because with Zay Jones out, like all Ridley has been getting is no freebie stuff. I mean, 55% of his targets are 10 yards or further downfield. 60% are outside the numbers. Like he's not getting enough like efficiency smoothing targets. But the matchup would line up for saying, like, if we're going to attack this 49ers defense where we've been attacking them, Calvin Ridley would be the guy that is more of a signal than Christian Kirk. The 49ers have been really good uh, against slot receivers in terms of, like, yards for targets. So they've given up some touchdowns to those guys. So we've just been kind of chasing Christian Kirk for, like, a touchdown upside. But the field will be on Kirk anyways because they've been on him for for weeks, yeah. right? Like, even when Kirk uh, Ridley got some steam a couple weeks ago, it, it was still, like, when we got – to, to roster, you know, it's uh, time. It was like, oh, Kirk's 20%. Like, oh, here we go again. So I would still lean towards Ridley if I'm going to play a Jacksonville wide receiver. But if Zay Jones is back, then I think it does change a little bit for especially touchdown equity stuff. Rich, you have a lead as far as CMC versus uh, ETN in this game. CMC 9-2, ETN 7-1. Dollar for dollar wise, I assume raw points are going to be on CMC. But, you know, yeah. we live in the world of a salary cap. Uh, how do we prefer ETM when you're considering like building a lineup or just spend up on CMC and figure it out? I do because I still think when you look at the 49ers defense in totality, and that now they've added Chase Young too to this defense coming out, like they've just they're, they're underperforming, but like this is still there's so much talent in that front seven that like I still like. I'm, I know that they've given up some big runs, but I still, man, like I have still kind of more faith. I'd rather attack the wide receivers against the 49ers than running backs. 
I feel like they're going to get this thing figured out as the season goes on in terms of stopping the run. Uh, and ETN, as great as he's been, I mean, over his past three games, 56 carries, 187 yards. He's he's really getting there on touchdown equity. And to be fair, so is CMC. We'll see if Trent Williams comes back. There's, he's supposed to try to practice, I think, Thursday and Friday. He hasn't practiced yet. He missed the two games prior to the bye. And in those games, McCaffrey only ran for 3.6 yards per carry and only had one explosive run with, with Trent Williams off the field. So we'll, he's kind of a big deal, too, if he's not going to be in this game. Jags also allowing the most catches per game to opposing running backs. So certainly helps out Christopher McCaffrey, who is going to get there anyways, most likely, but just another little wrinkle. We are stacking this game. Which quarterback are we starting with, Rich? Purdy. You could play Purdy with CMC, I think. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, we've already done That's it. That's the best part about it. it. Yeah. I mean, so Lawrence is like, so I, I like Lawrence, uh, you know, he's in the Herbert zone, right? Like you have these two guys that are, they clearly have everything you want if like you're building a quarterback, but it just hasn't coalesced to like the, the apex outcome yet. Like, you, you know, and like, cause Lawrence for fantasy has not been good this year. I mean, he, hmm. he's got, he's got three QB one scoring weeks, two were against the Colts and the other one he ran for a career high 60 yards. Like, he has not been – he has not had ceiling spike weeks for fantasy this year. You know, we could maybe say he has one here because the 49ers two games before the bye, they did allow 20 fantasy points to Kirk Cousins and 27 to Joe Burrow. But, like, we haven't seen, like, that full runout for Trevor Lawrence yet, like that just, like, pure octane, like everything is clicking. Well, they're winning too much also, right? He's not getting pushed. Isn't that kind of a problem to some degree? Like I'm looking at the they've won. And he's the, all, his, his pressure stuff is bad too. Forty seven percent completion rate when pressured. Twenty uh, first in the NFL. Three touchdowns, three interceptions, sixty seven uh, rating. Big time splits. Uh, so with this Chase Young addition, you know, with Bosa, with you know, uh, you know, Eric Armstead and you know Hargrave. Like I mean, I, I there's a lot of talent in that forty nine front seven man. And even in a, if it's a runaway, again, I, I don't know if it is going to. I think it may be a little competitive and probably go over. But even if it is, like we can just go back to that Purdy offense averaging 30 points with him and just stack the offense all together. It feels like Trevor Lawrence is kind of like the Michael Thomas of quarterbacks. Now that you bring that up there, Rich, I'm just kind of looking at all of a sudden, his highest game of the year. is He did get the 20.7 points, and I think that was the game where he ran for a fair bit. But uh, – that's his highest score on the season. But shout out to Michael Thomas. He got over last week. We said oh, if you yeah, want 10 hey. fantasy points, you'll get 10. You didn't get it. You didn't get any fantasy points. You didn't get those 10. You definitely were going to get 12. But uh, yeah, he got blanked last week. Uh, we shall move on. I Anything else here, Rich? Are we moving on? Uh, no, I don't think that there's a whole lot else on the table here. John, did we miss anything? Uh, don't Ayuk. think so. I think we, think we touched on everything. Uh, we touched on Ayuk. We touched on Zay Jones. I like this game a lot. All right. I do want to shout out uh, Sim Labs. Uh, the Sim Wars are on. We just dropped here at Roto-Grinders the beta version of a new NFL lineup building tool for a limited time. It is currently free. Sim Labs is a brand new product that generates DFS lineups for the power of simulation. It combines data from every aspect of the slate to churn out lineups that make that will match your preferences. In just a few clicks, you can have hundreds of well-built correlated lineups ready to go for whatever contest type you're playing. There will be a link in the description. Check that out. Click on it for more information. Again, that's free. That's DK only right now. And it's uh, also something you can use for showdown, showdown slates. Um, if you're playing showdown slates, you're probably putting in a bunch of rules. 
And uh, this saves you a lot of clicks because basically it takes care of a lot of those rules for you. It's just kind of built in. All right, game number three. Game number three is Detroit. Detroit at the Chargers, John. Two of the more fun teams. Uh, disappointing team, I think the Chargers are to some extent. But Detroit is getting respect here. Out of the dome, on the road, still two-and-a-half-point dogs. Uh, 48 and a half is the total here. John, talk uh, talk about the Lions first out of their uh, out of their comfortable dome at home. This one really just depends on how you see game script going because Lions, like the Dolphins, have kind of failed us in every test they've had. They haven't had many, but in week two, remember they played Geno, and even Geno had 328 yards and two touchdowns. A few weeks ago, it was on the road. Uh, traveling against the Ravens who have just turned out to be like the best team in the league, the best defense in the league. But like Lamar Jackson still had no issues against the Lions defense. They've really just been opponent driven. Having said that, like, I don't know if the chargers are like a worthy adversary since they just have lost everything since Mike Williams has been out. This is kind of the conversation all off season two was, Oh, like Joe Lombardi gets fired. Now it's Kellen Moore. So Justin Herbert's depth of target goes up. Like, I don't think it, I don't think it works like that. Like uh, you still have to have players to throw to downfield and like Justin Herbert, everyone's excited to get Jalen Guyton back. Like that's how bad it's been. <laughs> and so now, now we've even seen these past two weeks uh, out of their by the chargers. Justin Herbert has a lower depth of target than Tommy DeVito. I think that says everything you need to know since they lost Mike Williams from week four on their 20th in yards per attempt. Herbert has completed less than 60% of his passes in four of those five games. And it is somewhat schedule-driven. They've played some tough opponents in that stretch, like the Chiefs, the Cowboys. The one outlier where Herbert did get there over 20 fantasy points was that soft Bears defense where he just pelt them underneath. Um, the Jets have basically held everyone. They've strangled every quarterback they played. So that wasn't shocking. But again, I don't know if the Chargers are explosive enough to get there in this spot. And so while I like one-off pieces, I think I instead just lean towards the Lions running game here. Rich? Uh, I mean, yeah, this is interesting with the Chargers. I mean, man, you talk about the, the Jets, man. Robert Sala, that dude's like, he looks like he's gone through like 30 <laughs> years of his life already, like this season. I'm like, oh my goodness, this guy, he looks so mentally exhausted uh, in this season. Uh, feel 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 bad for the Jets because that defense is so damn good. But yeah, I mean, Herbert, yeah, I mean, Herbert since yeah, Mike Williams been out. It's, it's tough to say because like the opponents have been out. Like the, the and then he's had so much receiver shuffle up too. But I mean, he now has set a new career low in passing yards in two of the five games since, since the Mike Williams injury. Uh, you know, they just can't get anything going downfield. They can't run the football at all either. The Chargers. Uh, so it's just one of these things, like, it's really hard to say, like, is this going to be like an explosive kind of outing? I think the lions are going to cook though. I think the lion side, I'm not scared about them scoring points, uh, especially them through the air, especially them coming out of the bye with Ben Johnson. I mean, the chargers are playing zone 75% of the time. That's 10th in the NFL. Uh, they play cover six on a league high, 24% of those snaps. Uh, Jared Goff against cover six is 40 of 50 passing. Uh, only Patrick Mahomes is, has a higher completion rate against zone coverage in general, Jared Goff. Uh, second in the NFL in quarterback rating, 11 of his 12 passing touchdowns have come against zone. And that just ties right into the sun God. Uh, he's been targeted on 31% of his routes against zone coverage. It's third in the NFL. He's averaging 2.8 yards per route run against like those cover six looks that they've had. He's been targeted on 38% of his routes with three and a half yards per route run. Uh, I think the chargers are the, the lions are gonna be able to throw on the chargers because the chargers are another one of those defenses like, 
they the only dudes they've stopped all year are Zach Wilson, Aiden O'Connell, and Tyson Bajit. But like <laughs> Tua, Patrick Mahomes, Dak, Kirk Cousins, they all had top five scoring weeks against the Chargers. So I mean, I think that I think the Lions are gonna be able to do a lot. And the other thing that's the other dynamic about this Chargers defense this year is they've stopped the run. They're stopping the run. So like they're forcing teams to throw on them this year. Um, so yeah, I, I like golf a lot. I was su- pretty surprised at golf's price on DraftKings, but I, I definitely like golf. Um, cause you can play golf with Laporta with Amon Ra. There's a lot of options here instead of trying to figure out what they're going to do with this backfield. Goff is a uh, six, four on DK, but can I, uh, DPJ, is there a chance like he's three K on DK? That's why I'm asking, you know, you never really know how desperate we are for salary savers on a Wednesday night. You know, the, the slate will unfold. And you know, it's not it's fluid. There's a lot more to come. This is just kind of like a first look. But is there a, is there a chance? Uh, is he going to play? That that I don't know. I, that's what I'm asking. I have no idea. Like, it, where where does he fit? And uh, he's 3K, and I'm trying to I'm trying to make Fetch happen. I'm trying to make DPJ mm-hmm. happen. You know, he's I, a longtime uh, name on this show. John, Jump I think they I think they acquired him because they understand they're a contender in the wide open NFC. But also, I, I think they've been unhappy with Jameson Williams' development. Like I, th- I thought he was just fine the be- the week before they traded for DPJ before the lines went on by. Like Jameson Williams was targeted on six of his twenty six routes. That felt pretty good considering they're still using him in a rotation. But now to have DPJ block him, uh, because I think they think DPJ is like their DJ Shark for the second half of the season. It is somewhat worrisome. It just seems like a log jam behind him on Ross St. Brown. And Marvin Jones retired too. Right before, yeah. so like you know, they did lost he actually the retire or is that yeah, they lost the body. a joke? Yeah, yeah, no, he retired. No, like, he's, yeah. uh, I don't know what the personal reasons were, but he stepped away and retired yeah. himself. Oh, so okay. they lost the body though, like too. Yeah, so it's like you know, if I said I just don't know like what the rotation is going to be, are they going to you know, Cleef Raymond, Jamison Williams, J- Josh Reynolds was like a thing that started the year and then like he's really cooled off, he hasn't really done anything like the past six weeks. So, I mean, it's just Amon Ra because you know what, because Laporte is cooking, man. I mean, Laporta's out here just yeah. racking every week. Yeah. Uh, they finally guess- started throwing to Gibbs, and, like, we got Mon- – we, we haven't had Montgomery and Gibbs play together since week four. Uh, so, like, that's going to be a thing of trying to figure out how they get used. And Monty was already, like, living the best of his life prior to that. Like, 44% of his fantasy points have come from touchdowns alone. Like, this is an unsustainable hmm. output, even knowing what Jamal Williams did a year ago. Like um, – it's tough. I mean, I don't know what you how you diagnose that backfield. I kind of think it's going to be a lot like the Atlanta backfield, but just like with oh, better. No. I think it is. I think you're going to see Gibbs like a lot like Bijan Robinson and Montgomery like Tyler Algier. Like I think that's basically what's going to happen. Yeah, is Gibbs is does he split out as at all? I guess maybe they. Uh, I feel like we've seen that before. Or have we not seen that before? As far as yeah, Gibbs? I mean, he's been so good the past two games that like mm-hmm. I don't see how they just go because the last time these two guys played together was that Thursday night game against the Packers where Monty had like 32 touches. Like that ain't happening. That's not going to happen again. Monty was also averaging 22 carries. That's kind of the wrinkle in this game that I can't understand either because yes, that's the point. Gibbs has been so good that I don't know how they put him back to the bench. Yeah. Uh, and to it's going to be tricky to, to, to figure fair, out that split. I, Monty was, Monty was doing good things too. That's that's, and they love him. So I don't know. I really don't know. Just like Arthur loves Tyler. Algier. <laughs> <laughs> except Monty, I mean, except Monty's been good. Algier hasn't been able to punch those in. 
but I mean, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of smart people in the world that, like, you know, probably can give you for. I'm, I'm, I don't know. Like, my feel is that, like, I think it's going to be a lot like the Atlanta backfield and how those guys are used. But I have no idea. I have no idea what it is. And not, it's not like you know, like Gibbs is like cheap or anything either. Like you, like even taking shots on these guys, it's not like they're free. You mentioned Atlanta. We were all rooting for Josh Dobbs last week, right? Like that was an incredible story. And like how oh, do you? I mean, just, look at the jo- the lore of Josh Dobbs. Like the last year is so crazy because they remember he 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 they the Titans picked him off the Detroit practice squad last year and then started him on Thursday night against the Cowboys <laughs> and then the must win game. They the, the Cardinals traded for him on the last week of August from the Browns and they just started him for the season. He goes and then they, they tra- the Vikings trade him. He doesn't take a single rep and he's playing like the, the dude's just like. Uh, you don't you need to give him any ramp up, man. Yeah, well, the, the, I'm sure you saw a clip like he was uh, with the center. Like they, they, they had to hear his cadence on the sidelines. Like this is how I sound. This is how I'm going to call for the ball. Just learning it on the fly in the middle of the game. Just spectacular that happened stuff. with Baker last year too with the Rams. Remember? Uh, I think that was a Thursday night game. Yeah, that that yeah, that I do recall. The Raiders, that. Raiders, Rams. Yeah, yeah, that's a. I don't know why I want to root for Thompson more than I want to root for Baker, but yeah, that was pretty cool too. I do remember that. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to get Dobbs again. That's got to be his job going forward, right? He just won the job. I oh yeah, yeah. Not it's not like really going to be a conversation. I mean, dude, his, his jersey, like he, had, like Minnesota's had to move units of jerseys already. Like Josh Dobbs jerseys. <laughs> and, uh, you remember I earlier was, in the year? Oh, go ahead. I, I was I was so scared too when he first came in because like it he took started, a safety. His like second play. Yeah, a safety, and he had <laughs> he fumbled on two of his next three possessions. So it was like, oh, no, this is Arizona Dobbs. But then, man, that 22-yard <laughs> scramble on fourth and seven, that last drive in general, good for him. When uh, when he was on Arizona, like, there's, like, some kind of machine. I guess you go to the uh, the team store or whatever. You can buy a jersey. And Dobbs went to go buy his jersey, and they have a list of all the players. Like, everybody's listed, and he wasn't listed. This is, like, week one, like, right before the season started. And he couldn't get his jersey in Arizona. They couldn't make it for him, but uh, eventually they got around to it. But how far he has come. Uh, and the man's a genius, too. Like He's like an aerospace oh, yeah. engineer. Just uh, spectacular. All right. Uh, that's it. Love as far it. as the three main games, unless we got anything else. As far as Detroit and the Chargers, I don't think we do. Unless we, unless we do, fire away. No, I mean, so, it's tough. I mean, the Austin Eckler thing is tough. Like it's, he, he hasn't really been good since he came back. Yeah. And, you know, I say that as someone who had Austin Eckler receiving overs and watched him drop two passes uh, yeah. five yards short of that. But, like, I mean, he only Josh Jacobs has a lower rate of explosive runs than Austin Eckler uh, so far in the season. He's only averaging 3.6 yards. Like, this team can't run. And he's only had one good receiving game either since he's been back. So, like, it's just like – and Detroit's been really good against the run. Uh, they did get flooded a little bit by the, the Ravens. But, like, uh, man – Ravens look like, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, the NFL has been so weird this year. It's like you have like the Ravens before they go to the international game, just like kind of no show against the Steelers. That's a division game. And I guess that's just like it. Uh, the steel, that's what the Steelers do to you. But like, man, the, the Ravens have absolutely smoked a couple of teams that like people thought were good, like coming into those weeks. Uh, I mean, they will. I'm curious to see what they see the Browns, obviously Deshaun Watson at <laughs> play in that first game, but like they absolutely destroyed the Seahawks on Sunday. Like, Oh my goodness. Like, and they're not even like they haven't even reached their peak yet. Like they're still 23rd in passing touchdown percentage. And based on like their amount of dropbacks and the way they run their offense, they are expected to score more. So 
Like the Ravens can only get better, man. They're so good. I mean, so dude, they're good. they're flooding teams so bad, and Lamar's like apologizing to people, like for, <laughs> for fantasy points. I, I was happy to see Baltimore crush because in my my, my loser survivor league, I picked Seattle to lose, uh, so I right, moved on. But uh, from a DFS perspective, I had a ton of Lamar, and if I have to watch one more touchdown from that backfield for Baltimore, uh, it is the most painful thing watching Keaton, these. Uh, Keaton uh, Mitchell's fun. Keaton Mitchell's not painful. Now he's not. He's probably never going to reach ten touches, but uh, he's a lot of fun. He's fun, but like the Gus stuff is just, get get out of town with the Gus stuff. It's got this he, is the old. Uh, he's only ever been good. Get away with this, yeah. Like, like, but, has only ever been good. Yeah, like we complain, we complain these other guys like Algier and all them, like and Tony Pollard, just like running into their center's ass on the goal line. Like Gus has turned <laughs> his eight carries inside the five yard line into six touchdowns. Like he's good at the goal line. He's good everywhere. Yeah, look at Gus's career, man. He's had a great career. If if I don't roster him, I don't care. I, I don't want him to that's score fair. touchdowns. Fair enough. <laughs> well, also, you you can't roster him either. That's that's probably the pretty annoying part. We keep saying that, and then he keeps, uh, he keeps taking us. Yeah. He had five carries last week. Ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous. I, I I never roster him, and uh, whatever. We'll see. and I'm, it's an interesting call because that's a good segue. We're we're going to talk about some quarterbacks now that we've not yet talked about. You know, amongst the three games we featured, the, the remaining seven. And Lamar is just, I'm assuming he's not going to get played at all. By the way, I just realized I had uh, the wrong inputs for uh, my optimizer stuff. So I'm going to have to run it again and see if anything. No, we're going to, because we need to know a tight end to play. Yes. <laughs> who, who did we pick last week? I don't recall. Who, was it Hawkinson? I can't remember who the, the, the optimizer gave us. Uh, no, we still, yeah. weren't, we, weren't we still on Ferguson? It was Mark Andrews. It was Mark Andrews and Ferguson, wasn't it? Okay, so we did well. The, the machine worked, is what we're saying, basically. And I know Mark Andrews was on, on DraftKings. We touched on Kate on spending down on DraftKings, too. <laughs> we did. <laughs> I wish I would have done that. So unfortunately, I did not. Okay. Uh, quarterbacks. Got to Noah Brown, but not Kate Otten. I did. <laughs> I should have held my nose. I respect and, it. Um, all right. Uh, John, you said there's, what, five or six quarterbacks on the slate you like. Yeah, so and I'm, I'm assuming now, talk now about I'm a couple and rich because I – Golf wasn't even on my radar, so now my pool just got bigger and I'm upset now. But uh, all right, let's start with Dak Prescott because the Cowboys have the highest team total on the board, and you can already feel your spidey senses going off that everyone wants to look at the game script and say, this is the Tony Pollard week, and maybe it is, but also, what if the touchdowns for tournaments just go through Dak instead? Uh, not only is he providing a higher floor all of a sudden with five and a half carries per game, not that he looks good in those carries, but he's still running the ball a lot more. Also, these last three games around Dallas's bye, like they've just morphed into a passing offense instead. Um, they're they're passing the ball at the fifth highest rate with an eight-point lead in that span. They're not even running the ball with the lead anymore. Dak Prescott has three consecutive top three finishes at quarterback. He's been awesome. So I kind of like getting on board like Dak Ferguson and CeeDee Lamb instead of Tony Pollard and trying to play it that way. If you wanna if you want to attack an offense in tournaments, we can try. We can go back to the Geno Smith leverage since Matt Jones didn't get there. And admittedly, by Sunday morning. I kept trying to jam in the Mac Jones thing so much and only DeMario Douglas, who was a cash game option for everyone, like was the only competent player to run with him. And I just thought, okay, clearly this is not going to happen. The way to do this instead is to play Hunter Henry as leverage off of DeMario Douglas. And then you can just play Sam Howe if you want to do that. So got off of it, but I don't mind going back to the well here because in their first game, 
without Montez Sweat and Chase Young. The commander's defense only pressured Mac Jones on 23% of his dropbacks. They only recorded one sack. For reference, through week eight, they were at 36% pressure rate in that time. And Geno has been turning the ball over. It's been a major issue of his this year. But from a clean pocket, if we don't expect him to get pressured, he's still sixth in the league. He's averaging eight yards per attempt when not under pressure. So I think it's a great spot yet again for anyone playing the commander's defense since at least week through two, two through eight, everyone finishes a top 10 quarterback. And then if you're spending down, I don't think this is the week you need to spend down. Since again, we've talked about elite options at the top. We've talked how Gino and Purdy as cheap options are in a good spot themselves, but Will Levis, I'll probably just end up playing it through DeAndre Hopkins, but Will Levis is also in a pretty sweet spot here. It's the same thing Rich said about the Bucks defense last week, how they just keep on laying down for quarterbacks over the past month since they returned from their bye. A 73% completion rate, nine touchdowns, 9.2 yards per attempt, and 26.7 fantasy points per game over the last month to opposing quarterbacks. And now, like, you have Will Levis, who's leading the league in – rate of throws 20 yards downfield against this Tampa secondary that is allowing the highest completion rate. 51% of the passes against them have been completed for 20 yards downfield. So if you want to spin down, that's probably uh, the best way to do it. Favorite pairing with Levis is? DeAndre Hopkins has to be because he's the one earning like that team I mark of those 20 yard uh, throws. And he still lead the team with a... What did I write down? Uh, 26% target share these past two weeks from Levis 2. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Rich, see those quarterbacks and raise them. And I want somebody to mention, well, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Rich, throw, throw out your names and, you know, I, I got to get a take on somebody, obviously. Those we'll, are the we'll, same. Those are the same three I had, Gino, Dak, and, and Levis. How uh, do we pick, man? How do we yeah. pick this week? Yeah, those are the same three I had outside of, you know, Goff and, and you know, Purdy and, the you know, whatever we're going to do with the wait and see what do it do with the Chase Burrow stuff. But, yeah, the same thing. I think, you know, we'll see Pollard. I think Pollard's a great cash game play this week. Uh, I tried to talk everyone out of it last week. You remember? You were I right last to, week. You were right. I tried you to talk it. everyone out of playing him in cash last week. I think he's, you know, it's a solid cash game play. But for tournaments, man, I think you definitely go the, the passing game route. For the Cowboys, you just worry about the game. Like, if that game's twenty-one nothing at the end of the first quarter, like who the hell knows? All bets are off. Well, we saw that, and Pollard still did nothing in a game a couple weeks ago when they won like the forty-two to three, whatever it was, right? And 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 now there's some there's some beat reporter speculation about Rico Dowdle too. Uh, So yeah, Pollard Pollard is kind of worrisome for tournaments, honestly. 
Yeah, I mean, this is. I feel there's there's three players I have, and I wrote if not win like about them this week. One was Tony Pollard. Like if not win, right? Like yeah. If this isn't if this isn't the spot, like when does it happen? I mean, the the, the Giants have been such like a cure for like everybody. I mean, look at Josh Jacobs last week. Like you know, 98 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, you know, they're 27th in yards per carry allowed to running backs. They're allowing 17.6 rushing points per game. That's 30th in the NFL. They've had six RB1 scoring weeks, including one to Tony Pollard back in week one, where it's the last time he reached the end zone. He's still getting a ton of money touches. I mean, he's third in the NFL in goal to go t- goal to go touches with 17. Uh, yeah, I mean, if not when I wrote that about Geno too. Cause like Gino has like this, all these like terrible peripherals. Like he's the worst quarterback in the NFL on third down. He's the worst quarterback in the red zone. But like, if you, if he can't get right here, but like, is he ever going to get right? Like the commanders uh, are allowing the most touchdowns in the NFL when they don't pressure the quarterback, like Daigle said, they're 26 in the NFL against quarterbacks on third down. Uh, and they've allowed their 25th in red zone passing touchdowns allowed. So it's like, Everything Gino's been bad at, the commanders like are kind of an elixir, and that ties into the third guy that like I wrote, if not win, and it's DK Metcalf. Uh, you know, the DK Metcalf is the lowest catch rate of his career. He has the highest rate of inaccurate targets of his career. Uh, and despite his struggles, he still leads the team in air yards, uh, yards per route run, uh, leads the team with 22% of his targets on 20 or more yards downfield. That's where the commanders have been flooded. All year, he's another one of those guys. Dean, like, if Emmanuel Forbes is going to be on DK Metcalf, like, it's over. Another, another chunk of muscle that he's going to have to fight through. I, uh, it, like, so, like, those are the three guys. Like, this is it all kind of lines up for them. It's like, if dude, if these three guys like can't hit in these spots, like, we got to stop chasing the ghost, man. I, I tried DK against an historically great defense in the Ravens. I am definitely trying DK against the commanders. <laughs> I will go back, I don't care. <laughs> The Pollard thing is weird, by the way, because we saw both sites uh, raise his price. He, he didn't do anything last week. He has a matchup, right? Like, yeah, I, yeah. Vandal spiked him up by 1K. We typically see it like Vandal's kind of reactive to the, how they did. Uh, and Pollard wasn't very good. And now what? On Vandal, I believe he It was is, bait, dude. They thought, they thought like Eagles matchup. They're like, Eagles, we'll just make Pollard like 6,600. 60, like people will uh, do it. 7-8. He's 7-8 on Vandal and 7-3 on DK. Is nobody going to give me a Kyler Murray take? Uh, 5.9K? Not doing it. I don't see – no. there's no reason to do it, right? Like, that's, why? I think that's that's the argument. It's it's the top-down argument of why would you do it on this slate? There's no there's no reason to. You have ceiling through the air. You have ceiling on the ground. I don't need to get to Kyler Murray. I mean, we have we have Kyler Murray coming off of a an injury that historically anyone with mobility has not run afterwards. Like, so like if we're not getting Kyler Murray, the runner, and remember when we last saw Kyler Murray, he only got there through rushing last year, this Mm -hmm. season, Josh Dobbs has only gotten there through rushing when he was on the Cardinals. Like this is a pass. Like, and I expect Kyler to be a better passer than Josh Dobbs. But like, if we know he's not going to run and we have a whole new system for Kyler Murray, remember like Arizona has been under center for 31% of their dropbacks this season. Kyler Murray in his career has only taken 9% of his dropbacks under center. And he didn't do any of that in college either. He's 40th amongst 41 quarterbacks since he entered the NFL in rate of snaps taken uh, under center. Uh, and he's averaging 4.7 yards per pass attempt in his career under center. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how like he gets incorporated into this new system. Like Daigle said, you've got a bunch of guys in his strike his strike zone like that are just like, like what's the run out for Kyler? Like 
I just don't see a reason to push it. Like I would probably rather play Taylor Heineke in the same game versus, <laughs> Ky- versus Kyler. I have a dumb question. Like if he can't run, if you're saying you don't know if he can't, well, we'll see. You don't know, but like He's, historically yeah. that like this injury, like guys have not had their peak performance rushing, especially not the first game back. So like yeah, I guess like why bring him back if he's not hundred percent? If he if he if he can't run or if he's like limited running, he's not hundred percent, and there's no reason to push him. You know, supposedly he's been ready for a couple of weeks. He's also been ahead of schedule, right? As far as rehabbing, um, I, I yeah, I, I, it's a great points you're making, but I guess my only rebut is like I, assume I also he can run a little bit because I why also have a thing they play him. For from a top-down fantasy stance, we always talk about how like I you know don't like try not to get in the weeds with the weather stuff ever. But like I typically have a rule: if a guy has missed multiple weeks, I don't play him. Like it's just that I don't oh. expect I don't expect the guy to have his optimal performance. Like we have a guy that's not missed multiple weeks; like he's missed eleven months. So I'm just coming in with like pretty much like I like these types of plays have put like a lot of people have died on these hills, man. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not planting the flag. I just, I was just curious. Yeah, yeah. It's just interesting he's there, I guess. And I see the of name course, and I see man, the You got to have some catnip. You got to have some catnip out there. <laughs> like, you just can't set Kyler Murray at, you know, 7K on DraftKings. Like, everyone should be like, oh, I'm not doing that. Like, you got to make it interesting, right? No official lineup. I was looking to see if there's a line out there as far as his rushing uh, over under, and I could not find one. I did a quick search on scores and odds. So I guess there's nothing out there just yet, but I'm curious what the number. Will Probably be tomorrow, at. right? Uh, it depends. Yeah, it depends when they put the stuff out, you know. Um, and maybe they're just—they're probably still figuring that one out. That, that seems seems a little bit, a little bit just, dicey. Just uh, just get your rocks off with Marquise Brown. You don't need to get to Kyler. Oh, I guess uh, we'll be talking about Marquise Brown soon enough. Uh, maybe we'll talk some tight end as well. As far as Arizona, I'll let you guys. Uh, I'm running the optimizer uh, with the updated numbers because I was using. Stuff I was messing with last week, I never refreshed it. So, my bad for the number, the stuff I was quoting earlier. Let's uh, let's talk about running backs we've not yet talked about. Rich, who should we focus on that we've not yet mentioned? Uh, what did we say? I mean, I, I said, I mean, like, it, it, like we did the Pollard discourse. Uh, we talked about some of the guys um, early. I mean, Dean, you you tried to talk me into it last week, but what about Bijan Robinson? Uh, I mean, if not now, when, right? Is that what we can keep doing that? <laughs> I mean, I think uh. that the, even if he stays in the same role, because we have no reason to not believe he's going to be in a different role, right? Like, we we did this for three years with Kyle Pitts, and, like, finally people came around this year. Like, Drake London's been more or less fine. It's just, like, a when the, when the Falcons, like, have limitations actually with passing volume. But when that Falcons actually have passing volume, Drake London's been nothing but fine. But even if they keep Bijan Robinson in the same role, it's still where his price has fallen and this particular matchup. Because remember, Bijan, 15.5% of his carries have still gone for 10 or more yards. That's third in the league. Only 13.5% have failed to gain yards, the fifth lowest rate in the league. The Cardinals, above all things, have been a target for us with backfields more than anything. Uh, they're allowing 16.8 rushing points per game. That's 27th in the NFL. They're allowing 10.7 receiving points per game to running backs. That's 27th in the NFL, 27th in yards for scrimmage allowed to running backs. They're also 31st in touchdowns allowed to running backs. So, I mean, he's, he's, I think this is because people are sick because they try to talk him themselves into him a couple weeks in a row. But I think this is like a pretty clear spot to where like you would dabble. Okay, shout out to the Cardinals last week who uh, had a team total of 12 and they fell 12 points short of their the team. The Giants total. is 11 and a half this week. That's what I was getting. I was getting to. The Giants said, like, uh, it's amazing. I cannot believe 
I, I saw 11. Is it up to 11 and a half? And I, I missed it. It might have been 11 and a half when I did the initial spread. Oh, it is 11. And it is 11. I can't, I can't remember the number of like public bets that get there so easily. Like there are some bad team or bad quarterbacks this year. Oh, yeah, man. Dude, John Tommy, a, Tommy okay. Danny DeVito, like that dude. Like, you know, we come on these shows, we say something's bad. I understand. Like, even the worst player in the NFL is like the, one of the greatest athletes in the world. I'm not sure about Tommy DeVito. I, I'm not sure he should. Dude, I mean, we talked about last college. week that slate. Why? The reason I was so like down and down about last week's slate, and we had to have a couple hot games, but like all those yeah. backup quarterbacks were shit. Man. Like Brett Rip, Brett, what was Brett Rippin doing? What was so, this cat doing? Explain this to me. Like, I don't. Are we going to get Devito for like two more months? Uh, like, no way. Uh, uh, Carson Wentz. I saw that when came up the street and he signed with the Rams. And I, because Colorado will be back eventually. Okay. Yeah, I know he's. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the sequel wasn't as bad as the original. We're kind of flipping the script there. Uh, for uh, he, he had to, Devito was all right in garbage time, like in pure unadulterated <laughs> garbage time, where he was just like running around and like was he was playing some backyard football in the fourth quarter of that game. They were like, all right, Devito's in his element now. Down twenty four. He's, yeah, he's going to be shit. in a bar in like 20 years telling people like, you know, I was quarterback for the Giants. 20, like 20 years, 20 days he'll be in the bar. <laughs> I mean, the well, fourth quarter people game, remember like, that. I mean, it was respectful. If you just look at the raw numbers, what he did in garbage time, you're like, all right, DeVito was out there cooking. Like, but if you watched it, like this dude is just bailing from clean pockets. Like he was like, I'm out of here. Like just like, <laughs> it was just uh, running around, dude. And like, if you're on the Giants team, like, are you sure you're getting paid? You're a professional and all that. But like, how do you like? How do you feel fully motivated? The play, it's like, you know, you have just said, look, it's the NFL. Both both teams get paid, but the Giants are what sixteen point dogs this week, sixteen and a half point dogs this week, dude. In um, that first game, in that first game, the Cowboys pressured Daniel Jones on sixty five percent of his dropbacks. Like, oh. What is the over-under for his sacks for Dallas? It's got to be an interesting number. DeVito, anytime like anyone got like the edge, he was gone, dude. He was gone. He was running. He was out. He was like, I ain't staying in his pocket. I'm out of here. And I think it was I, Eason. They were working somebody out. Uh, is that the guy's name? Eason, maybe the quarterback that played for New England, I want to say. Am I mixing? Oh, I feel the, like they were looking... the old Washington quarterback, College Washington, uh, Jacob Eason. That, is that it? I feel like that's somebody they were considering signing. But uh, it wasn't Tony. Yeah, Eason. Barkley. Like you know, it is what it is. Matt, I mean, yeah, dude, right, like, Matt Barkley. Ugh. Yeah, they still got Matt Barkley. I forgot about him. That's right. I did read that note, and like Barkley is apparently that's already been established. He'll be the backup this week. I mean, Devito is one of those guys. Like you just don't know if he's gonna make it through the game. Like <laughs> they could do anything. Like it, it, it could be crazy. But like they could just go in a different direction. I mean, against this Cowboys defense, what are we doing, man? Yeah. yeah. Do we did we finish uh, running backs? John, did you throw your running backs out? No, there? No, you didn't give us any. Okay, no, I didn't think uh, so. Rich talked about all the questionable ones. Uh, I like Aaron Jones. He's coming off of season highs and touches. His share of backfield touches, twenty four percent target share too. Really, they're just trying to hide Jordan Love, and they have to get it done through Aaron Jones. Who we didn't think we'd get him back, but we really got him back that last game. Steelers also allowing the sixth most yard per carry to opposing running backs, and then you talk about. Win not if guys like uh Alexander Madison 
is <laughs> back in a pretty sweet spot. The Saints run defense has actually been quite leaky to running backs over the last month. Devin Singletary averaged 4.8 yards per carry on, on 12 runs. ETN scored those two touchdowns. JT and Zach Moss combined for seven yards per carry. And Deontay Foreman didn't score last week, but reached 83 receiving yards. Tyson Bajant also ran for 70 yards. Um, they're, they're opening it up on the ground. And three games without Cam Akers to open the year, Madison handled 85% of running back carries, 81% of their backfield touches, and averaged a 12.5% target share, 5.5 per game. So based on usage and the matchup, I think Madison's a pretty good pay down spot here. Uh, are we going to talk about Kamara, what happened last week, or we're going to talk about Taysom Hill, and that's going to kind of talk about Kamara? I, I mean, it's a I multi-week think- thing. It's I mean, Kamara's the past two weeks, 57% of snaps, 49% of snaps, lowest rates this season. Jamal Williams is back to kind of like take away some of that if they're up like late in the games. And then you've got to worry about all that touchdown equity stuff because of Taysom, man. I mean, the Saints were one of the worst teams in the red zone for like the first six weeks of the season. And now that they started, they got back into using Taysom in that area. They've they've flipped the other way. They've started to be really efficient in the red zone. Uh, They're, so I mean, mean, Taysom's great in that role, man. He's 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 great in that role, man. He's it's it's a lot uh, like shout out uh, to Reeves. Uh, no, no, not Reeves. No, John, John, you had him right in your. Uh, yes, you played some some Taysom, and I know in your lineup. He was in my. He was in my. He was in my single entry core. It doesn't matter. Whenever you also like incorrectly stack the Seahawks Ravens game, uh, Taysom Hill's <laughs> not good enough to get you there. But yeah, I went bully tight end since it was such an ugly week with Taysom and Mark Andrews, and they did well. The rest didn't do well. Uh, John, give us speak, some. Uh, oh, go ahead. Speaking of Taysom, though, like. I mean, just play them again. That it's kind of it's like college football DFS, honestly, and that those slates are super flex slates. Taysom allows you to make your lineup a super flex lineup. Like they should have put him. I'm not even kidding. 6,500, 7K because he is a quarterback used in the <laughs> best area of the field. It's not just like a route on 50% of dropbacks. It's not just these past two weeks, like Reeves said, 12 carries inside the red zone, six inside the 10 yard line. To also have that receiving and throwing touchdown inside the five-yard line last week, he threw a touchdown to Juwan Johnson. Like, it's not a normal role he has, so we're just playing super flex with our lineups and rostering him. Yeah, not the game log watch, but at least 12 fantasy points in the last four uh, four weeks, 16 points, at least 16 points in the last three weeks. Uh, and they, they use them in a variety of ways, and like you said, uh, in some premium spots as well. Uh, Rich, Rich, you have some receivers for us. Get us started as far as wide receivers. Oh, uh, when we talk about uh, DK, we talked about uh, CD and so, dude. I mean, they're using CD so so amazingly. It's I mean, just final. absolutely moving Took him around so inside, outside. He's everywhere. Uh, he's great against the blitz. You can continue playing him. It feels like people don't want to play him. And then, I mean, I, I I'm interested in all the Seattle guys, like a little rushing nesting doll. You know, like depending on where you can afford <laughs> these guys. Uh, you know, because it's it's hard to like all the like. So DK has like a larger signal. You know, playing outside and he's getting the vertical targets. But like Lockett could get there. JSN could get there if like you need to pay down. Uh, John brought up Hopkins. Uh, the, 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 you know, man, the Tampa Bay not only have been giving up to quarterbacks like these wide receivers and not just the tank Dell and those guys, but since they're by 79% catch rate on wide receiver targets, they've allowed uh, 70 catches to wide receivers in those four games. It's 31st, the most receiving yards in the league, seven touchdowns. Um, and in, uh, in that same game, you could probably run Mike Evans back as a mini while people kind of chase the Rash- uh, Rashad White stuff. So I, I have two questions. First of all, is it uh, Olave is another guy we seem to be chasing all the time? And secondly, 
Am I just first noticing this now on DK? If you pull up Olave, his player profile, uh, there's no picture. It's just his number. It just says 12. Really? Was he absent on picture day? Like, what's happened here? I don't know. I thought everybody has like a media picture, but uh, I don't know if DK is not paying the rights for Olave. I thought you was going to all. I'm not really sure how this works, but yeah, it just says 12. It's like, okay, uh, no picture for Chris Olave on DK. And um, are we still chasing this? Because I was told he was really good. He is um, really good. But why is he not like smashing? He's it's not- the same as the Ridley stuff. It's the same exact thing. So 27% of Olave's targets are 20 or more yards downfield. Only Alec Pierce has a higher rate amongst all wide receivers with three or more pass routes run. 52% of those deep targets have been deemed inaccurate by the quarterback, the highest rate of any wide receiver with double-digit targets. He doesn't get enough layups, enough freebies. Uh, This is the Calvin Ridley corollary, right? It's like what's wrong with him is like he's got all these hollow air yards, but he's not like utilized and he's not getting enough intermediate targets. There's like those efficiency smoothing targets. Um, But that's that's really what it is. That's the hindrance of him right now. Give me some of those wide receiver screens, those free points. Yeah, yeah. You got to have the efficiency smoothing stuff, to, especially when you have Derek Carr, who's an inaccurate deep ball guy. Uh, got to have some of that stuff. John, receivers, what do we got? Who have, not, who have we not talked about just yet that uh, is worth acknowledging? We've touched on quite a few. Uh, again, just to round out Marquise Brown, last year we saw six games without DeAndre Hopkins and with Kyler Murray. And Marquise Brown was the wide receiver eight in points per game in those six starts, uh, including 17th in targets per route run among all wide receivers. So he's in a pretty good spot again. And on the other side, like you can play Bijan. That's totally fine. I get the tournament appeal of it. But if we get Drake London back, like, dude, Taylor Heineke, it's not ending well, but he's out there winging it, man. Uh, And the Cardinals are still playing terrible defense in their secondary third lowest pressure rate blitzing at the seventh lowest they're 28th in yards per attempt through the air so pretty soft coverage for Heineke who's one of only four quarterbacks averaging over 10 air yards per attempt these past two weeks and the Cardinals have allowed the second highest rate of throws 10 yards downfield to be completed so uh, if London's out there I don't mind going to Drake London because no one's going to be on him everyone's going to want to play Bijan or maybe I shouldn't say Watch. I'm in five five if he's healthy. I, I'm in. Uh, I, I like that price. Uh, Watson's another one of these guys just continues to disappoint every single week. He's still just four nine on DK. Wow, same uh, problem. Same problem we just talked about. Yeah, I can't. He's got 12 receptions on this season. Wow, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it was that low. He's uh, obviously he's closer to like time. being dropped in fantasy than he is like scoring fantasy points. He's another guy all in at 19.2% of his targets have been accurate. 35% of his targets are 20 yards or further downfield. Just no freebies, man. And you and Jordan Love ain't giving you no freebies either. <laughs> uh, squeaky wheel for Pickens. All right. He's, he's uh, deleting all his stuff online, just sort of throwing it out there. He's 5-1, interesting price. I'm trying to see if there's anybody at – is there anybody like that's cheap that we like, around 4-5 or, or less? Yeah, those guys aren't really out there this week. There's a lot of guys that want to play, and they're all – I can't play them all together. Yeah. Drake, like Drake London, Daryl Hodge, or as far as I could get to, like I, I toyed around with Cal Phillips. Oh, I think JSN at four one is like moderately yeah. appealing, but like, what kind of ceiling is JSN going to give you? Right. right, that's my like one hang up. That was my that was my Kyle Phillips argument. Was well, he's yeah, like Kyle a Phillips. Slot. I could see he's a, he's a little slot receiver at the Stone Men. I I he maybe get used in like cash games with Traylon Burks out. 
um, three and five targets these past two games from Will Levis, who, again, we've talked about is in a great spot this week. But that's like as far as I can get to. And, and it's too thin on FanDuel, too. Back yeah, to Noah Brown. Um, <laughs> Westbrook Akine, the same thing. He's oh. caught one of those long balls. I mean, Will Levis is – I like – listen, I don't know if Will Levis is going to be like a good real-life quarterback, but I can tell you unequivocally through two games of watching Will Levis, the Titans are a way more enjoyable football team. Um, what we well, especially because everything we've talked about with Tommy DeVito and everyone else, dude, there is some <laughs> bad quarterback play. Like, we need Will Levis to be good because that dude is so much fun to watch. Gallup, is it just over for Gallup? He never really was the yeah, same after his injury. Yeah, he work, man. Uh, they've started yeah. mixing in Jalen Tolbert, uh, not at the expense of Brandon Cooks. Like, Brandon Cooks was still in there getting his cardio. But uh, it was Gallup. Gallup, uh, Gallup ran a route on a season low 49% of the dropbacks. At the, you, at, but at the expense of wins, since they want to target him on important fourth downs rather than CeeDee Lamb. We have a tie as far as the optimizer when it comes to tight end. <laughs> so both, uh, I, I, we're getting two tight end lineups. But by the way, just throwing it, throwing that out there. I'm not saying that you should do. That's what you should do. This is a Wednesday, no, it's a, Wednesday it's night, just... and you know stuff will open up. McBride's on there, right? McBride and Hawkinson, who's down to five k, five k for Hawkinson. McBride three five with the you know presumably an upgrade at quarterback. So McBride and Hawkinson are coming in at 40%, 48% each, and several other tight ends are jumping in as well. So, again, we are getting some two tight ends yeah, lineups. Josh sure. Dobbs loves throwing in some tight ends, man. Yeah. I could, uh, honestly, if nothing, usually something opens up, but we just talked about how hard it is to spin down for a wide receiver. We don't have the, the freebie running back, although Singletary and Madison are pretty cheap. Um, I, I could see optimal tight end popping this week, honestly, if nothing opens up, but it's only Wednesday. Usually something happens. All right. Uh, let's see. It, it, you have anything, uh, Rich? I know generally you just like to lean on. Yeah. Yes, uh, says. You, you told me to play Trey McBride. I mean, Trey McBride looks pretty solid anyways. About <laughs> 25% of the team targets, you know, it is what it uh, is. I, I want to play Laporta. I just don't know if I can fit him in. Is a Kungu interesting at all? He's 3K. Oh, boy. This is just not happening. Yeah, he's got a new quarterback now. He likes to make things happen. That's Uh, true. Is he not right now? We've played worse. Yeah, no, he's he's out there, actually. He's getting a lot. He didn't give them more than 35 yards in a game yet. Um, But even last week was second on the team in routes run. He got targeted on, like, the last drive, pretty much. It's when he got them all. But he still got the targets. That's disappointing. I, th- I thought he was going to be better. I feel like you, uh, in, in your movie scale, I think you compared one of the movies to a Kongo that you were expecting it to be better or hoping it'd be better. It just wasn't for whatever reason. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that, that's how that's how it goes, I suppose. We, uh, I think we're done. We're done as far as the slate, right? Is there anything else we want to say before we talk uh, talk some movies, bring in producer Rob, and uh, you know, do a little review as far as our movie we watched this week, Bad Words? John, you got anything else as far as the slate? Things about it. It's a big one. It's a fun one. I like uh, it. Now let me yeah. do it, man. I I just hope you know in the next three days I can whittle this down because there are a lot of plays here. Well, also salary wise, it's got to you know, work somehow yeah. too. And it doesn't sound like we have a lot of cheapies that we love. And no, I don't know how that's the bill. The bill is going to be pretty interesting. Uh, Rich, you got anything else as far as a slate, or shall we? Shall we bring in uh, producer Rob, who should be coming in and joining us momentarily? He won our listener league last week, or at least he was the highest amongst all of us. Therefore, he's going to sign us a movie 
but uh, we also have to review the movie I assigned, uh, Bad Words. Anything else, Rich? I got nothing. It's fun. I'm excited. It's a. It seems like a fun set of football games. I'm just glad I got here in time to hear you defend DeVito for five minutes. Uh, NFL Week Ten, everybody. You got any Devito in your uh, your best ball teams there, uh, Rob? No, I do not have any Devito on a best. <laughs> you didn't ball have team. the foresight. I do have some Gardner Minshew on some on some best ball teams though, and that's going well. I know you're uh, you know, you're big on the Spike Week. Spike Week, if you're big into the best ball world, best ball streets, do check out SpikeWeek.com. Are you live with anything? I guess it's you know the midway point. Uh, yeah, and it's also course. different. You know, drafters like it's just a cumulative and underdog. I'm not sure where you concentrated your your uh, you know most of your play on underdog. You just want to get the playoffs and hopefully have guys that are live. But anything interesting? Anything worth mentioning? My thousand dollar buy in teams currently advancing, so that's mm. fun. And a couple other high stakes. I have a huge. I have a hundred dollar team on DraftKings. That's and really good position that we're going to need the Eagles to lose a couple games because the problem with best ball is if they start sitting guys week 16, 17, you're in uh, big trouble. So even though I am an Eagles fan, as much of a fan as I can be now, we need the Eagles to lose a game or two or these best ball teams with Jalen Hurts are going to get nuked in the playoffs. Well, hey, the, the schedule coming out of the bye is looking pretty spicy. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. So. We're hoping that 49ers game they lose, though. But you will you will get the premium elite stacks there since, you know, we're going to bump that target share up a little bit without Dallas Goddard for Devonta Smith. So mm-hmm. it can go a lot of different ways. Yeah, absolutely. Best ball is fun. We're going to have a lot of fun in the playoffs. John, yeah, Rich, you guys have any best ball stuff? You're more like season-long stuff. Anything that's worth noticing, worth uh, what you focus on? Is there any, yeah, I mean, people would probably be upset because, like, you know, I I was like on like Tony Pollard coming into the year, but I'm actually having like one of my best fantasy seasons ever. <laughs> so like, people are probably upset like uh, that I'm actually having a really good year. But fingers crossed that we keep it going. I haven't checked any best ball stuff. I never check anything. I wait till the just let whatever. I'll open wait, up the. You app wait like week fifteen? Yeah, I know. I don't care because why I can't do anything about it. So I just well, I'll just go. You can get excited. No, I, I told the story. Know. I was I had a team in the best ball in the best ball media yeah. finals last year didn't even know it it, it makes me so angry he didn't, okay. he, didn't know, he didn't know it until he checked the account and saw the money i, tried, I logged in in the off season to start drafting my new teams for the next year and i was like where did this money come from <laughs> rich when you're playing dfs are you also one of those guys that like you don't know where you're at oh no you last, dfs like, you have to because you got a late swap we talk you gotta you could no man people don't because okay. people don't man the most underrated element of dfs especially now when everyone's just playing the same bullshit shit with optimizers and sims like you gotta be able to swap you gotta be on top of shit that's like the one of the last few edges in dfs is being able to change your lineups nobody does it yeah i was talking to somebody about it last week and uh they, they were on jalen hurts and i was like hey we gotta switch to uh we gotta switch to dak and and, uh, and lamb i'm not sure if they did it or not but yeah absolutely like i told you it doesn't matter how ago, i swapped to all Bengal stuff that week we had we're like i was on alave he had the ball bounce off his helmet and i was like well this is dead and everyone <laughs> had lamar versus, everyone was on lamar versus the cardinals and uh all those guys zay flowers and i just was like whatever i swapped all bangle stuff and we got back we came back from the grave all right i, I uh, will i will say the one thing that is fun to sweat in best ball this year underdog released a eliminator tournament where every week the last two places of that particular pod gets eliminated starting week one. So you're getting a new pod every week. So it's fun to sweat that and just kind of see some of the combinations of players 
So I have one team alive still going into week 10, and I was checking the pods earlier, and one team doesn't have a quarterback to play this week. So it's like that team's already probably dead. So it's a, it's a fun way to do an in-season best ball sweat. I, uh, I love that concept. I wish I got in on it, but I think when I finally recognized what it was or knew what it was, it, it filled up on me. So I was at next, Six Flags next when it dropped. I had to like ride roller coasters and draft teams. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, that's a metaphor for what fantasy football is. <laughs> it sounds like a sounds like a bit, man. Where where you're not recording this? I dude, it, it, the tournament dropped. I'm walking around Six Flags. I'm like, I don't even have time to record this. I just have I have to get some of these teams in trying to go on the Superman ride. It was it was just insanity. Is this the Six Flags like in in Jersey or where where the one? Which one are you uh, talking about? Is New there England. one in Jersey? New England. Okay. There is one in New Jersey, but I do Six Flags, New England. Went on a Wednesday. Nobody was there. Is beautiful. Chef's kiss. Listen, come to see your point, Rob. We'll go hang out. <laughs> I will. I was there as a child, and that place was incredible. And I'm I, every year they add like a new roller coaster. Right, this gets better and better and better. That's. That's the best theme park in America. Not even a conversation, right, Rich? Cedar Park. Yeah, in, uh, I, I guess uh, Pat Thorman came with his family and went for the first time, and I made him ride. Uh, he's not a big roller coaster guy. I made him ride the Millennium Force, and he was a, an absolute trooper. Kept his eyes open the whole time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> didn't put his arms up or anything, but man, absolutely, you know, changed, gave him a little bit of a spike of adrenaline, though. Do you have season tickets for that or season passes? You're probably can like pay off for it. Just go no, a couple times a year. My no? son worked there the last two summers, so we just didn't get tickets, but. You know a guy. There you go. That works out, yeah. too. That's it, by the way. If you guys didn't notice, you didn't pick up on it. That, that's it for NFL. We get an hour and 20 minutes as far as week 10. If you don't want to hear anything else, uh, thank you. We do appreciate the download. do appreciate the listen. Hit the like. Hit the subscribe. Do all those things. But now we're going to talk a little bit about the movie we all watched last week. Bad Words. Bad Words. The movie I assigned. Uh, something you don't see much in 2023. They've been kind of going away. An R-rated comedy. This actually came out in 2014. Bad Words uh, starring uh, Jason Bateman. He also directed it as well. We saw his directed prowess also on um, Ozark. Uh, pretty good. If you guys watch Ozark. Uh, you know, he directed some of those uh, episodes as well. But uh, yeah, we got Jason Bateman and uh, Catherine Hahn, the delightful Catherine Hahn. One of those that guys, kind of sort of a that guy, Philip Baker Hall, Allison Janney as well. Uh, the Rotten Tomato score. Yeah, well, let's save that. Let me just throw it to let me throw it to Rich. What's your initial thoughts as far as that works? Even for Dean picking a comedy, it was still like you could tell like Dean still like wanted something with like a little bit of darkness still to it. He still couldn't he still, he still couldn't give us just like one like straight up just comedy. Um, <laughs> I, I thought it was solid. I liked it. it, it you know, uh, it, I thought it was uh, you know pretty solid. I wish there was more payoff like for like the other stuff that he did. Like the 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 revenge stuff was cool, but like it did like nothing justified any of his other actions throughout the movie. And like he's you know just was an unlikable person, and we didn't get any like justification for any like none of the stuff the way he treated any other human was justified. And right, um, <laughs> like, like we we understood the end goal. I guess you know like Rob has to say we can do spoilers here. Spoiler alert for everyone that way we can talk about it freely. Like we finally got the payoff, and that Jason Bateman was looking for his father who was running the spelling bee. But yeah, why did he treat everyone as if he was Arthur Smith along the way? He didn't have to do that. He could have won the spelling bee and then got there and met his dad. Like, why was he such an asshole? That made no sense at all. Mm. I should have read the summary as well. Yeah, Jason Bateman, the character Guy, 40-year-old 
he makes waves at a regional spelling bee when, due to a loophole in the rules, he is allowed to enter and later wins. Uh, and then he goes on to a national spelling bee. I like how they kind of sets up the spelling bee, like snobbery. I kind of enjoyed that as yeah, well, yeah. too. I, I appreciate that. It's a very highfalutin society there, uh, the spellers. But, uh, yeah, John, your thoughts as far as bad words? You're right. Uh, not politically correct. Some of it seems a little forced, but still funny. Uh, and I always, I've always been of the belief, like, of course, everything has its limits, but I've always just wanted to be done with the cancellation of comedy. I feel like comedy is off limits. Like it's all satire. Yeah. It should all be funny. We should all, yeah. you know, again, there's probably a certain point, um, where we need to cut it off, but I'm always good with comedy. It never offends me since it's delivered in the right way, but no, I thought it was good. We don't get much feel good movies, uh, on this show. And that's the best we could do. A very, it's very much like a little miss sunshine where still a, still a tweak in there where it's kind of dark at the end but yeah Hello, it was D, still good man. i enjoyed it rob i definitely enjoyed this movie and as you mentioned this was jason bateman for a little bit of the trivia stuff that i bring not only did he direct it this was his directorial debut and i think he picked this movie for a very specific reason Every time you see Jason Bateman in a movie, he's playing the quote unquote straight man, which is the guy that is the one that all the comedy happens off of, even in Arrested Development, right? Like all the characters, he was kind of the straight man to all the wacky family characters in Arrested Development, everything else he's in. So I feel like he picked this movie to direct to be like, all right, let me show my range a little bit. Let me show that I can be that asshole that, you know, <laughs> I'm usually playing opposite off of. And I think it worked, but the whole time I was watching this movie, I did feel like I'm like, okay, this movie came out 10 years too late, and this movie was written for Vince Vaughn because this just felt like it was a Vince Vaughn movie. A lot of times you watch a movie, you're like, I can't picture anybody else playing this role. This was the opposite effect where I'm just like, picture, I'm like, now that you mention it, it would be a good Vince Vaughn role. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't it just feel like his perfect role, like he would have crushed it? Um, a lot of it was funny. The whole, the whole movie was relatively funny. The I door, didn't... I laughed the hardest at whenever the cops broke the door down on top of him. It's <laughs> yeah. comedy, but I thought it was done really well. Yeah, that was good. I just think that, uh, the one thing that I was kind of thrown off about is he just randomly finds out his dad is the one who runs the spelling bee, but he can spell every word in the existence of man. I thought he yeah. was going to be cheating or something which is never a thing. Like I thought we were going to find out he was cheating on spelling these words, but he just knew it. He was just smart. Yeah, they, was... they tried the exposition that he was a genius when she got his transcripts. Yeah. But, but that doesn't mean you can spell every freaking word like that. Cause he was just like <laughs> walking up and just spelling these words. I'm like, that's just kind of too convenient for what he wants to do. I mean, I know it's a comedy, but I think I would have had him cheating somewhere that they couldn't figure out how he was doing it. And but he was kind of cheating that. to like get people like eliminate themselves or kind of rattle people. I wouldn't say it's cheating. Which it was, being, uh, which was like, awesome. Yeah. That yeah was not like, in the spirit of competition, but like, yeah, he was, yeah, he did a good job of getting people like, you know, just basically, basically yeah. put on their own. And, all, and the all, Oh, go ahead. And although the, like the heavy stuff, the important stuff behind the scenes, uh, like we talked about, didn't hit for us or didn't hit for me. Um, I still really love the actual, like, spelling bee ending portion where they're just trading mistakes yeah. uh, and getting pissed at one like another. It. I thought that was really well done. Mm. Yeah, that was good. I, I, I think it worked a little bit. Like it, it, the, I thought the kid was funny. Kid I was great. The, it was funny. I, thought, yeah. I thought that kid was awesome in this movie. 
He played the part well. I didn't see it coming that he was actually trying to set him up. So that kind of caught me by surprise a little bit. I really did think that he was just looking for a friend. So kudos for them for throwing that little bit of a twist in the movie. Um, so a couple things from this movie for some fun facts. The word Floxin Holloman Hill Vacation, <laughs> definitely pronounced it right, means the action or habit of estimating something as worthless. And the word Slobberdigolian means a filthy <laughs> slobbering person, a sloven, a villain, a fiend, a louse, a worthless person, a drunk or alcoholic person. And the final one is that large cue cards were used to ensure <laughs> that Jason Bateman spelled all of his words correctly on set. I think that, that was the cheated. safe word from uh, from Eurotrip, by the way, the, the second one you mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> Slobberty Gullion? <laughs> I think so. It might have been. I'm, I don't recall. It sounds about right. Yeah, but uh, I'm surprised this uh, the child actor hasn't really done anything else. Uh, 2013, this movie came out. He was in Lone Survivor in 2013 as well. He was in something called The 100 Foot Journey in 2014, like a Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. Uh, I don't know, like a cartoon or something, but he hasn't done anything since uh, 2018. So I guess he's done. He's doing some yeah, other how stuff. How old but... is he now? He's got to be in his 20s now, right? Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know if he's still uh, still working or not. But uh, I thought it was very good. I, th I thought the kid that and that was super important, obviously, for this movie to work. And uh, you know, just how. <laughs> kind of just sort of friendly and likable and just like nonchalant and anything that uh, Jason made me through at him. He just sort of shrugged off and didn't really think about, but uh, would this movie get made in 2023? I feel like it wouldn't. No. This is just 10 years ago, right? They wouldn't make it. I'm not uh, sure if it, I think it would I mean, be like a Netflix movie. I don't know if it would get a theatrical release. They would make it, but yeah. things would be altered. A lot of the, right. a lot they of would, the they would trim would some sentences there. Yeah. Hmm. Which is sad. Um, yes. IMDb, by the way, uh, for for uh, for Rich. I know you like your IMDb rating. Let's see. Oh, no, I just I lost the page because I was looking at Jason. Six one. Okay. Uh, you're setting the bar. Who wants to go over or under no, six one? No, I'm saying one? that's, that's uh, yeah, I like to try to guess the IMDb. Oh, you, oh, you, okay. Do you know it? Is that no, what it is? No, I listen. My, I read on a tight end scale. You, you always quiz me on what the IMDb thing is going to be. Okay. So uh, higher or lower? What do you guys think? Rich is setting the bar. Six one or you want to? Uh, John, but what's the IMDb rating for bad words? I will go over, Rich. And I need uh, producer Rob to tell me exactly what it is. Uh, 7.1. Middle, it's at 6.6. 6.6 six, 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 six uh, on IMDb. And our Rotten Tomatoes score, the critics are actually in line with uh, the audience. Uh, critics a little bit higher than the audience. 65% from the critics, 61% from the audience. So uh, we got to give it a grade. Uh, Rich, do you have a tight end for the people that you're going to put a, a tight end on it as far as a bad yeah, I think words? It, I think it did the job it set out to do while also falling short of being elite. So I will give it a one Wesley Walls. Wow. Wesley Walls? A Wesley Walls reference in 2023. He mentioned, uh, who was the uh, Charlie Fry earlier? I'm like, he can't go <laughs> further back than that. And like, Charlie, even Charlie Fry is like, who's Wesley Walls? Wesley Walls, a solid player, real solid player. Never, <laughs> never crested like to be a believer. Just, a, just did the job. And that's what this movie did. It did the job. I'm gonna okay. give it a three seven out of five. Three point seven out of five for me. Okay. I think the and highest then... I've given is seven point one, and so I will go seven point one. Oh. Okay. What else did you give seven point one to? You remember? No. 
My brain doesn't, <laughs> my brain doesn't go that far. Wesley Walls is 57 years old. And let's see, he played from 1989 to 2003 uh, for a variety of teams. He was Solid on Sa- San Francisco, New career. Orleans, Carolina. He ended his career in Green Bay. His best year looks like he had, um, let's see, oh, he had a 12 touchdown season in 1999. There, that's what that's what Rob, <laughs> Rich is uh, pulling up in his head over Which 800 Panthers? yards for, for Carolina. There you go. Yeah. I forgot this guy existed. Yeah, solid player. Just a solid, solid player. Did the job. <laughs> I, I give it. I give it a B plus. I give it a B plus. I think it was a fun watch. Didn't overspend its welcome. It's an hour and a half. Really, really quick. Flies through. Um, you know, they. I think the uh, the pre- the ending. They, they there's only so many routes they can go as far as tying in the motivation and all that. And it's. I don't want to say it was lazy, but it's. It, it kind of was easy, I suppose. To make it was it the through. obvious choice. It was, yeah, it's what they were. I mean. They were setting it up. It's not. It's not a M Night Shyamalan movie, right? We don't need. We don't need the huge twist in this. We knew where they were going to go with it. It was obviously he was going to be his son. That was pretty, pretty clear that that's why he was going to be doing this. He was going to be related or something like that. It, it just it had to be that way, which is fine. Sometimes I you love, have to. You have to do that. I love Philip Baker Hall. He's. I think he's such an underrated actor. And probably because he pops up in a lot of my favorite movies, I suppose that's probably the reason why. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of Paul Thomas Anderson movies, I think he pops up in. Right? He popped up in Truman Show, which one, one of my favorite movies, just barely in it. But uh, he's one. Of, he's in Magnolia. He's in Hard Eight, and he's in Boogie Nights. All Paul, Paul Thomas Anderson movies that are spectacular. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. Is he too big to be a that guy? Do people know? I, you know, he might be. No, too I big think he's a that guy. guy. I think he's is a he good, a that guy? I think he's a that guy. Yeah. Dean, okay. have you gone to see the holdovers yet? No, should I? No, I haven't seen it yet, but I figured you'd be lined up for it. I have th- that's the Paul Giamatti movie, right? Yeah, the Alexander Payne one. Yeah, um, I have not, I have not seen that There's, yet, but I'm know, certainly sideways interested. guy. Yeah, well, uh, you should ask uh, ask John. John's a big yeah. fan of Sideways as well. I've not, I've not seen it yet though. All mm. right, maybe we'll. Uh, well, the thing is, a lot of movies they come out for like a day, and then they're, they're streaming like three days later on Netflix, like. Uh, Geez, the new one that's coming out on Friday. I can't think of it, but the great director, and I'm just drawing a complete blank, but there's a big Netflix movie coming out on Friday that uh, I have in my queue waiting. We'll watch it at some point, but all right. Um, Rob, you have a movie for us, right? Are you, is it going to be I an do. M. Night Shyamalan movie? Yeah. It's not It's not an M. Night Shyamalan movie. I, I like when Rob wins. All right, so <laughs> I was trying to think of a different genre, and I was trying to curate this to Daigle. And I don't know, but I just, this is my reading. And if you guys have already all seen this movie, I have a pivot, but have you guys, so I decided to go Western. Have you guys seen Bone Tomahawk? Yes. I have 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 you seen it, Dean? I have heard of it. I'm trying to think if I've seen it. So it's Kurt Russell. It's got a really solid cast. Um, it's a little bit longer than I would normally give out for a movie. It's like two hours and 10 minutes. I try to, when we're reviewing a movie, I try to keep it to like the hour and a half mark or a little bit longer. This will probably be the longest movie I ever recommend. <laughs> but everyone that I have said to watch this movie has loved it. I do see when people don't like it, why they don't like it. There is something in this movie, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not even that, just more so the 
people it's it's real dialogue driven at certain points it, it, but it's the character development i think is like great in this movie personally so i think dago will like it i'm not sure if you'll like it dean but I, I think this will be a fun movie to review. I, I'm not against it. I'm fine. Uh, you know, I'm not going to veto it. I'm just curious. What is the alternative? What did you have ready to go? So we were to go nostalgic, and we were going to go a completely different direction, and we were going to go Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. No, I, made, I, I love the which one is that? Is that like the 40s or something? What, 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 which no, it's no. animated. It's animated, dude. Okay. <laughs> it's it's animated bam pow i thought we were getting that no, no but it is considered by some the best batman movie ever made is that mark I mean, hamill last... does mark hamill do the joker is that is that the one or is that something else he that it is, is hamill. it is hamill and kevin conroy and kevin, kevin conroy yeah kevin so conroy not, the best batman the real batman the best batman of all time oh not that not that the western genre is my favorite but tombstone is one of my favorite movies ever uh having said that the last time we were told to watch what is like the best superhero movie ever that did lead me to spider-verse which i now absolutely adore so i'd be i'd be open to the animated batman d the second one is on uh netflix now I'm open back? to either one. I'm, I'm happy to, to yield. Uh, wait, Rich, you've seen the first one, right? Let's do Bone Tomahawk since two of you have not seen that one. That that's I'm I, curious it, to see what they think about it though, too. Uh, yeah, because it, it'll be I think that Bone Tomahawk will possibly lead to a better discussion because I think Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, you, I think uh, it'll lead to a better discussion. You might you might need to rope Ginny into that one. Reeb, since you got to clear two and a half hours. Oh, Tom, she ain't watching that. She ain't watching that. <laughs> <laughs> you got to clear two and a half hours somehow. Did she watch Bad Words? Uh, no. Yeah. Only because I had to watch it today. Uh, by the way, The Killer is the name of the movie coming on Netflix. The oh, Fincher yeah. Movie. Oh, the Fincher uh, movie? Yeah, Fincher, Gone Girl, Social Network, Seven. Yeah, that's what I'm, so, that's yeah. what I said that's what we're doing at my son. We're running through Fincher movies. We had I said he, we, we, had, we had watched Seven. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny because I want to watch Social Network with him, but he doesn't even, he like skipped the whole Facebook era. So like. <laughs> yeah. And also like the hero of that movie might not, like, you know, it's a whole, and they got to redo it, right? Because we're not, you know, it's, I guess that's a whole other conversation, but didn't they make a, What's his name out to be like kind of the hero and the, the Winklevoss boys uh, brothers or uh, the bad guys? I might remember. It's been a while since I've seen the social okay. network. But Arnie Hammer plays both Winklevoss twins in that yeah. movie. They That's play, right. Yeah. And, and it's not like they made him to be the hero because they made him yeah. an asshole that everyone hated. Good movie. Great movie. Yeah. I got to watch that again, too. I think it's really well done. Something. That, that and uh, uh, the big short. I think are like two really, really well done films. I should uh, probably yes. watch. Them I mean, they're Sorkin, Sorkin stuff. Yeah. All right. So, Bone Tomahawk. It is Rob. By the way, did you have any? Did you have, did you have to look at today's this, this week's slate? Give a take as far as a slate. Any any big uh, hot takes jump out to you? Not to put you on the spot or anything, but uh, had I've take. had like the worst twenty four to forty eight hours of my life this year. <laughs> the last two days. So, oh, I'm uh, sorry to hear that. I, 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 nothing major. I just it's Boston related traffic car breaking down in the middle of Boston traffic and having to get my dog to a vet appointment that he had to get sedated for to get his teeth clean. Just life stuff, you know. With that, well, that, that dog story could have ended a lot worse. I'm I'm glad you right, right. Yeah. yeah. I was I was about to get really worried. No, no, if, if I would not be here if something happened to Gotham. Yeah. You know, Gotham is my 
is my rock. He's my he's my boy. All right. So what's the? I'll I'll definitely I'm excited. Uh, Tomahawk Bone. I haven't watched a western in a while either. But what is the other Batman one? Just in case I can squeeze it in over the weekend. Mask of the Phantasm. It's on Mask HBO. Okay. Cool. I'll it's it's on Max. It's only an hour and ten minutes. Mm-hmm. I looked oh, it yeah. up earlier. Squeezed it. I haven't seen it in a long time either. Maybe I'll try to get it into. Yeah, I'll try to watch it too because I pulled it up. Double feature? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, do a double feature. (laughs) You're not going to watch it. You got to make this show longer. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about about a lot of stuff they couldn't do in like modern TV now. That Batman cartoon, the Joker Harley Quinn stuff that goes down in that cartoon. Oh, Bad Love or something like that? Yeah. They like you, you would not get away with that stuff. Uh, All right. No, it's about. Would never be able to do that. I don't know if any of that's a mask of the phantasm, but just no, 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 no. I would, you yeah. know, what I'm talking about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. of course. That I mean, that series was amazing. Have you watched V yet? You watched no. the boys, right? Yeah, but I haven't. I just literally can't watch anything during a season. Yeah, me either. I, I mean, I can't watch. I want anything to watch. Ever. I did watch the first episode of Invincible uh, to stay on that because I read all of the. I've read all the all all the comics. Mm-hmm. You I like V so far? That. I haven't watched it yet. I was just going to ask Richard's opinion. Yeah. I, I, I started watching the fall of the house of Usher and I was enjoying it. And I just, I can't even get to the fourth episode because I have no time to, to get to that. So I want to get to that, but I'll probably get to it in like five years or so. The, the world's smallest violin is playing for all of us. We, we look at football all day long. <laughs> it's like, it sounds like we're complaining, like we're digging ditches or something like that. But uh, yeah, things can certainly be, be worse. Uh, we do have to step aside and get out of here. That is the review for Bad Words. Beautiful. Uh, let's tell the people where they can find you. Uh, Rob, you go first. Tell the people where can they find you around the old interwebs. We're still doing Spike Week content every single week. And the God's game of best ball is starting to drop. Playoff best ball. Regular oh best ball is fun. Playoff best ball god mode best ball it is the best <laughs> of the best so you can catch us over there we're going to be dropping content for that so catch us over at spike week rich uh you know atler reaps on twitter uh every wednesday with my guys daigle and dean we are doing free trial week uh so you at the site so you can go over there and uh read everything that i wrote this week oh i saw sharp tweet out something on uh kyler murray speaking of murray i think it was like one of 18 like his d passes or something like that is that what the number was give or take it was on his Twitter uh, Twitter line, and like, wow, uh, Kyler Murray, I guess he's not been spectacular in deep passes. I got derailed. We're saying goodbye. John, tell the people where they can find you. Not Jay Daigle on Twitter. You know, we've we've done this long enough where everyone hanging around probably already knows, but 44.com as well. Uh, not all free, but still over 50% discount. Just in case you want to chase those league fees, uh, we still have uh, over half the season for betting and DFS, so it'll all be there. Do appreciate y'all hanging and listening. Good luck on week 10 for Rich and John and producer Rob and producer Steve and Wesley Walls and Charlie Fry. I was Dean. Thanks for listening. Wins up this week. We're out of here. Oh.